Video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you want to Hello. watch it. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Base Review Video Podcast, where we go through all of the notable physical media that has recently been released. <laughs> Do we switch it up? Physical media? You know, I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. But we don't sell CDs here, people. No, or, you or don't. LPs. Oh, that's true. Some people still call us thinking we sell like music CDs. But when you say physical media, do you think of like records and stuff like that? I don't personally. But that's only because of my areas of interest. I think technically that's all physical media. Mm, Okay, so maybe we'll go back to all the movies released on physical (laughs) media this week. Just in case you, you know, just so people don't think Bay Street Video is a music (laughs) (laughs) Did Bay Street ever sell music? I feel like no. Never. There was never an uh, era during like the 90s where it's like, I guess no. we've got CDs I here mean, too. We technically could. We do have one supplier that we get like music DVDs and Blu-rays from and they do supply CDs and LPs, but we just like, that's kind of like other stores in the city. Like Sonic Boom is a great store in Toronto. There's other places like that's kind of their thing. And we've just always. Done I haven't movies. been to Sonic Boom in Me years. Either. Well, they cleared out their whole DVD and Blu-rays. And they don't oh, sell them at all. Not anymore. at all anymore. They're done. They were it's so expensive. Music and like collectible gift stuff. Wow. So they're like in Funko Pop territory now. Yeah, it happened recently. Mm. Like within the last year, they put a thing out and they were just selling it all off. And they're like, we're not carrying DVDs, Blu rays. It used to be huge. It had tons of stuff, but then it slowly shrunk. Shrunk, 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 shrunk until eventually it was like a little side corner. And I remember going, oh, maybe a year ago. And I just, just to look. And I was like, it's tiny now. And they have nothing. And everything is so overpriced. Prices are so expensive. Because I think they don't have like the same same suppliers we do for mm-hmm. this so i think they just get it from like one expensive guy and it's like that's why they're not selling nope. but you know i've picked up some used gems there over the years they had sometimes. tons of used stuff yeah. they used to have a section yeah. where it would be like monday tuesday wednesday and some yeah. blu-rays and dvds would they would get in often because i used to live because i mean it's switched locations two to- three times now since okay so it used to be on Bloor. i yeah, remember visiting the, there the iconic scott pilgrim versus mm-hmm. the world location which is where I first went to it, and I loved it. So great. And then it stayed in that area, but moved a little bit around the block to Honest Ed's. That's right. I don't remember it being there for very long, no, right? it was kind of just like a transition for mm-hmm. them to go further south. And then they're like, we're getting rid of Honest Ed. Listen, we're clearing out all the Scott Pilgrim landmarks. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we don't want any well, of them in the yeah. city anymore. No, nothing in that Scott Pilgrim version of the annex exists anymore, except for the Lee's Pizza Pizza Pizza's still there, isn't Pizza, it? Yeah, Pizza Pizza's still there, and Lee's Palace is still there, but... It doesn't look like else. it does in the movie. It doesn't look like it anymore. Because, well, and it didn't even, when they shot it, they had to rebuild it to look know, like the old Lee's yeah, Palace. Ah, yeah. oh, well, Sonic Boom, yeah. rest in peace. I don't really have any used Blu-ray. Oh, we always have BMV. What am we I saying? BMV. BMV is the primo location for used Blu-rays, DVDs in Toronto and books. I don't think they're ever going to close down because there is so. such foot traffic. Oh, yeah. Uh, Even and, during the pandemic, I've been in there a couple times. And they don't busy. buy new stuff, so they don't have to worry about like yeah. the stuff just sitting out there forever. And you're like, is this $10 more than if you they, just went to Bay Street? I wonder where they get all their like books and stuff. People though, just, right? uh, like, like the Blu-rays and DVDs, people bring yeah, them in. Yeah, for sure. And the books, it's you can buy it through like overstock sellers right, and like yeah. companies, like they give it for like dimes per yeah. paperback, which is why you'll see like like weird books from the 90s show up at multiple BMV locations. Totally, yeah. It's because it's just like overstock sells. Okay. And I think people come in and give stuff and they probably pay like pennies on the dollar for yeah. it. So. I, I get rid of all of my used books and DVDs and stuff there and they usually give me 
decent money for it. Really? Yeah. I've never I done mean, it. unless I bring them, like, worthless stuff, but then yeah. I don't really oh, expect it. Wait, no, that's a lie. I once brought BMV a bunch of stuff, like Vinegar Syndrome, I don't want. They gave me okay. Yeah, <laughs> it depends what you have, mm-hmm. right? Like, I brought them Criterions. They gave me a lot. I brought them, like, standard stuff. They were like, we don't want any of this. They gave you, like, $5 <laughs> a Criterion like Blu-ray. Bu- yeah, right. And then they spun around. They're like, $40. Put it on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's start actually talking about new stuff that came out this week. And, wow, finally, Arrow Video is putting out True Romance on 4K UHD. I feel like this is a bit, like, underwhelming only because they already put this out in the UK, like, what, last year? Yeah, and it was a big deal when it came out last year. We were getting asked about, are you getting True Romance? We had to tell everybody, nah, it's only in the UK. And it's like a year later. Okay, it is here now, finally. But the, the hype maybe died down. But I mean, it's still selling well. I'm not gonna lie. <sighs> true romance, man. What do you feel? What do you like about true romance? Do you like it? Do you not like it? You know what? During my early cinephile uh, era, I probably said, "Yeah, I like it." It's not <laughs> one I want to return to that much. Yeah. I was going to say, I definitely loved this when I first saw it as a teenager, mm-hmm. like we all it's did. It's like me. What if it's I like met me? a girl? I know. It's yeah. like every film nerd's wet dream, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, that's the point. I get it. And the acting, fantastic. You love Christian Bale? Great Patricia cast. Arquette? Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Christian Slater, oh, sorry. Christian the, Bale. The superior Christian. So. I agree. But yeah, I love the cast. Everybody's great in this. I think since I've seen it, though, it's like my... While my appreciation for Tony Scott has maybe gone up, my appreciation for Tarantino has gone down. Really? And this movie is just more Tarantino than to me than Tony Scott. Yes. Although I think Tony Scott brings a flair to it. It's not really a movie. Whenever I think about it or think about Tony Scott films, I never really think about this one. Huh, that's interesting. I don't know, but it's fun. I mean, I still, again, I haven't seen it in full since I, must I was have probably watched a teenager. like a dozen so. times as a I teenager, too. I had the two-disc DVD well, I did, too. The black did. one that had, hey, like, the heart on it. I gave that to BMV, I think. <laughs> did you? <laughs> and now it's back. This has probably the commentary with Quentin Tarantino that he does, which I really like. Yeah. Uh, it has Tony Scott commentary. That set was good. Like, it's not like you need oh, yeah, anything else. Was great. You can hear, oh, the new Tim Lucas commentary. All right. That, that's cool. Sure. I mean, back in the day when they were bringing everybody on there's like commentary select scenes by dennis hopper val kilmer brad pitt and michael rapaport what a cat yeah val and kilmer. susan becker <laughs> so they had everybody uh all the special features from the original release are on here as well as you know whatever new stuff they could get it's just not a movie i ever reach for i have ever any interest yeah, in you know i mean i worked in a video store the guy that works with me he's like oh it's my favorite movie of all time it's like yeah of course it is <laughs> it's the, yeah it's the video store clerk's wet dream right mm-hmm. like i don't know it's just like Tarant- it's like a movie that Tarantino wrote when he was a teenager or something and then they made it. I would have loved to see the William Lustig version of this because he had originally sold it to William Lustig and I think he pulled it out, right? Because Tony Scott wanted it and Will Lustig was like, ah, shit. (laughs) Now, what period, I mean, when was this made? Like, what was William Lustig making around this period? Not much, I guess. I I think this came out in 93, I want to say. 93? So William Lustig was like in Uncle Sam territory, though. Yeah, because I think this was pre-Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because it would have been a completely different movie, right? Because yeah. it's basically like oh, totally. a, an episodic series of all-stars that show up to deliver yeah. a monologue. So would that have been William Lustig's version too? Hard to... I mean, you can't really imagine him doing something like that. But, I mean, Tarantino really... I mean, it would probably want him to stick to the script. I mean, we all know how mad Tarantino got at Oliver Stone over the Natural Born Killers thing, right? William Lustig like wouldn't have listened to this punk kid, though. This, I know, right? He's just like a punk kid, but... I don't know. I, I feel like I'm being harsh. I mean, this movie is 
iconic for a reason and this is like the definitive edition if you want it so. i think we're more just lukewarm on we're it lukewarm. Like, we it's went not... through our period of true romance yeah it's so. like that teen thing you know it's like i kind of i feel like i grew out of this movie but <laughs> sorry guys but you know i look at this like cover and like christopher walken's great i love i do love gary oldman although his performance is oh boy probably what do you mean you know it's akin to the adrian brody thing. <laughs> <Rasta> <laughs> Um, but I remember just thinking Gary Oldman was so cool in this when I was a kid. And I mean, the whole scene between Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken with the racial epithets. Yes. Uh, different time. Different, mm-hmm. But I mean, that's Tarantino too, right? That's, you can say that about Pulp Fiction. I remember watching some of the special features on that. And it was at the period of like Tarantino being at his height. There was all these DVDs. And it definitely feels like everyone's like, no one yeah, can see the motion right. that I'm making, but you can probably guess. <laughs> yeah. So that's the issue. And I feel like people are kind of treating Tarantino like that now, too. Yeah. Like, there's no critical lens unless you really dislike him like Mark does. I know. I'm just sick of him. <laughs> yeah, I'm just really... He just annoys the shit. Why? I just don't feel like he has much to really offer mm. anymore. You know, his movies don't... I mean, I've, we've been on a, I've been on a tirade on this podcast about Once Upon a Time I like haunting show Sharon Tate more than Once, to Upon, Once a Upon a Time in Hollywood. But even before that like hateful eight mm-hmm. glorious Fast. i like all those movies they're fine no i didn't hate them mm-hmm. but they're fine I, the last movie of his I, I you know i like django at mm-hmm. the time a lot Mas- the last movie i really loved of his though was probably like jackie brown like i like his 90s stuff but i don't know Pat i'll Pat. say this tarantino make a 90 minute movie yeah no i'd be up for that yeah i want to see him i'd be totally up for him doing something completely different than what he usually does he can't but, He's just getting bigger and bloatier. They just keep enabling him. Mm -hmm. Well, his films still are successful and and critically. I I can't blame anybody. I mean, listen, Tarantino, if you want to be my friend, you don't need to be Mark's friend. That's okay. (laughs) It's over between us, Quentin. (laughs) You can talk at me, I assume, about movies. (laughs) Just at you. So moving on, we have Pink Flamingos, the John Waters film, and it's being released by the Criterion Collection. What? This crazy movie? this is an icon I can get behind. Mm. Love John Waters. I mean, who doesn't love John Waters? Hasn't sold out for you? <laughs> no, because he just stopped making movies. Yeah, and he can never really sell out. Like he's on The Simpsons, I'm he's himself. Fine with him. yeah, yeah, like he. I don't think he's ever really sold out. I'm totally okay with him not making another movie, just doing his like talks and writing books, hitchhiking across hitchhiking the, across mm-hmm. America. You know, I'm fine with that. You do, doing his like art forum top ten of the year. I'm okay with that. So this Blu-ray just brings together a bunch of stuff that was on previous DVD editions. There's a documentary called Divine Trash, two audio commentaries from 1997, the Laserdisc, and the two. 2001 DVD release. Yeah. New conversation with John Waters and filmmaker Jim Jarmusch. Well, that sounds interesting. Comes with a barf bag inside, too. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And it has a slipcover, which is rare for Criterion. Because it's know? a brown paper bag. It's a brown that's paper bag. Joke. Yeah, it's the joke. I love this movie, though. I mean, it's, it's classic, and I feel like it hasn't really... You know, yeah, some of the stuff has been ported over, but it's never really had a Blu-ray release. No, ever, I don't right? believe so. Not that it's the kind of movie that necessarily needs, needs a Blu-ray needs. release. It's not you like want I, it on VHS smeared like really, with yeah, mysterious smeared with poop, substances. Right? <laughs> but I figured at some point Criterion would get around to this since they've put out three or four of his films now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when are they going to get to Pink Flamingo? Like Duel in the Dust is out. The Divine Western. Like, when are we going <laughs> to yeah, get to Pink Flamingo? Uh, right. Lust in the Dust. That's right. Yeah. Duel in the Dust. Uh, or which I, I'd want to see that movie. Though. That's the Warner Brothers. What, what am I thinking? I'm thinking of Duel, Duel in the, the Sun. Sun? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Uh, post Gone with the Wind, David O. Selzman yeah. picture. So yeah, considering that all those are out and Criterion's put out some of his lesser known films, took a while for this, but uh, nice to see it's finally here. 
And Criterion is coming in again with, you know, the critically Coming acclaimed hot. films that came out last year. They're yep. getting Blu-ray releases on the Criterion of Collection. Of course they are. It is the worst person in the world. Uh, do you have a contrarian opinion on this, Mark? No, you know, I really like this film. Yeah, it's it was good. actually one of my favorites from last year. Although I do, I think it got a bit of backlash, which I can definitely understand. I remember, you know, obviously everybody loved it. It was mm -hmm. big, but there was backlash where certain critics were like, the female characters not really that fleshed out and it's more about like what happens to her she doesn't do much in blah, reaction blah, blah. to the men it's a lot about the men and i totally agree with that it's not like i can even yeah I, I can't disagree with that at all but for some reason this movie just still worked for me i mean it helps that i'm a big fan of joaquin trier uh usually i like his oslo trilogy and i was waiting for him to wrap it up with this but i really love reprise and oslo august 31st which were the first two unrelated stories but i just i love his so they vibe. just take place in oslo yeah they're, that's a they're, loose well, they're all trilogy. about like depressed creative young creative people oh, well, that's in, every movie in, ever in made oslo, i know <laughs> But uh, have you seen them or no? Uh, have I seen those two? No, I've seen this one, though. Okay. It's good. I would say I like maybe the other two long. more than this, but this one is longer than the other two. So I feel like this is a little more indulgent, but I don't know. I just, I thought the lead actress was really charming. I really liked her. I liked the act. I liked all the actors in it. And it just, I saw it at TIFF last year and I know it's long, but I didn't really feel a minute of it. Is he the so. guy who made X Drummer? No, that's uh, Cohen Mortier or mm -hmm. something. Different director. I yeah. always confuse them. Not a huge fan of him. I don't oh, know. controversial opinions now. Like, yeah, I don't really like So, yeah, it's a Criterion edition. It's, yeah. oof. If you want this on physical media, then I hope you're buying this, this version. The, yeah, it's the first time it's coming, and there's no other way to get it. No, so. there's some interviews. Yeah. That's all you get. And uh, a little booklet. This with. is Criterion's thing, right? They're just putting out the big, heavy hitter new movies. Next up, we have Stanley Kubrick's Killer's Kiss. I'm doing sound effects now. Yeah, That's my new thing. He's kissing me. Uh, <laughs> masks on. Yeah, masks on. That's how we do this podcast still. Is this actually $24? Or is yeah. that a mistake? This is. So this is a weird one because Killer's Kiss was released as the special feature on the Killing Criterion from Criterion. Mm -hmm. So this one, usually the Kino 4Ks come with a Blu-ray too, but this is just a 4K disc and that's it. And there's not a ton of feature. There's nothing on it, really. There's an audio commentary from a historian, and that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so there's a new commentary, and it says, Brand new Dolby Vision HDR Master yeah. from a 4K scan of the original negative. All right. So I guess Kino figured they couldn't charge that much for what's like an hour-long movie that... Was a bonus feature? 67 is, minutes. That's a yeah. popular feature. But I really like this movie. I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for this. People seem to just write this off as like, ah, it's one of his early things, like, whatever. But... It's weird. It's weird. I love the, the climactic scene with, like, all them fighting with all the mannequin, like, in the mannequin warehouse sort of thing. Um, I really always dug this, so it's and I love this cover, so I don't know. I was always kind of bummed that it was sort of just like put on a double feature with the killing and not really talked about. So I don't know. Will kind of nice, Kino? But I don't have a UHD player, so I can't even yeah, play this right. <laughs> Will Kino do a 4K release of Steven Soderbergh's The Underneath? Ooh, I don't know if they're gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird one because that was also a, a bonus a, feature. A bonus feature, but they did a blue a separate King of the Hill. Yeah, but that's long out of print. That Blu-ray. No, it's still available. No, 
it still available? They took it out briefly and then they repackaged it and they okay. put it back out. So you can still get it. Uh, but yeah, they did a single Blu-ray of the underneath, which I okay. Yeah, Kino did. So I don't know why this didn't get like a single Blu-ray. I'm not. I'm not sure with Kino and Criterion. They're like fighting over the rights to things. Everyone's fighting so hard. Like 88 films and uh, Vinegar Syndrome are both releasing the same Hong Kong yeah, film. I right? hear, and it's like, what's going on, guys? Like, what are you know. doing? Yeah. And because back in the day, everyone would be like, oh, you know, my player is not region free. I rarely hear that now. Nobody, yeah. Because I think, I think people have figured it problem. out at this point. If you're a collector, yeah. like, you rarely see, and I'm sure, like, someone who works with these companies would be like, no, we hear this every day, yeah. being like, is it a region free disc? Is it this? Is it that? It's like, you can figure it out. Just buy yourself. I mean, 4K players are like $300. They're expensive. They're yeah. ridiculously expensive. I considered buying one and then did not. Do you have a 4K TV? <laughs> Nah. Nah, me neither. <laughs> so I, I feel like until I get that, what's mm-hmm. the point, right? And that's what um, happened when I picked up the next release, Steven Soderbergh's Out of Sight. Yep. Which Mark was like, what, you're not getting the 4K? <sighs> and I'm like, ah, it's like $5 more, and I don't have a 4K Blu-ray <laughs> yeah. player, so... No, that was like me with like Hard Target when it came out. I'm like, ah, the, hard, the, the slip cover's a little nicer, but I don't need this. Yeah, so Out of Sight, classic Steven Soderbergh. I'm not sure this is a new documentary. It can't be. I, I, I don't believe most it. Most of these features are just ported over. Because it says them. Inside, Out of Sight, an original documentary on the making of the film. That's some wording to make you think it's yeah. new. But it features behind-the-scenes footage and interviews with Steven Soderbergh, George Clooney, Jennifer Lopez, Albert Brooks. They did not engineer no, this from, new. So. The previous Blu-ray from just Universal had all, it was stacked with special features. Oh, well, so there you go. So And they were I, ported over from the DVD. Yeah, so I think the big reason to get this is just for the 4K. Um, and yeah, beautiful-looking film, always been a while since i've watched this one but always loved it mark was like don't you have this on blu-ray why are you buying it again i figured you would have already owned this no i had like a two dollar dvd i got out of a bmv bargain yeah you know it's one of those soderbergh movies that was just so like everywhere soderbergh 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 movies yeah (laughs) i don't know how to say it now i don't know no you're right you're right (laughs) it was just everywhere it's like i never felt a need to own it well it was a really early dvd it's the one that has that like um like banner at the top Series yep. thing on it. When you yeah. open it up as a fold up booklet with like Steven Soderbergh's yep. signature, that's an old Laserdisc trait yeah. that they got rid so of. So at least it's got like the original like poster art on this, mm-hmm. which is nice, I guess. Yeah, which, the DVD art the was money. not good, which was no. like their faces and there's like a gun in frame. Yeah, it was that standard like early DVD video store stuff. So next up, we have an Intervision title. We love Intervision. Intervision, my Woo! boys, my favorite label. Oh, well, wait. Once Upon a Time is my favorite label. Wait, Once Upon a Time is your favorite label? No, Once Upon a Time Intervision was my favorite Which label. one's your favorite now? Come on, I'm standing good right question. here, Mark. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know if I have... You know what? I'm going to say... Golden Video. Golden Ninja. <laughs> well, obviously Golden Ninja Video. Okay, I mean, there that, you go. That, go. that goes without saying. Yeah. Agfa? Maybe Agfa after that. I know they're part Vinegar of like, Syndrome does Vinegar such Syndrome cool stuff, now. though. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like I'm more into the OCN Vinegar Syndrome yeah. partner labels than maybe anything else. Now. Ooh, maybe um, Saturn's Core is really fun. Yeah. I, I love, really love what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. Because they've kind of taken over some of the Intervision sort of vibe. I and guess, some of the like, Agfa stuff as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, has kind of like just transferred over to them. I'm trying to think of what the other partner labels are like. Yeah, Saturn's Core, which had a release just slip by uh, that I saw on the shelf yesterday. I was like, wait, what? This came out there's too much i can't yeah, keep track you can't keep track there's too many we got a whole <laughs> bunch of them coming in like next week too so get ready for that oh, i need to look on their website but, to see yeah no i like a lot you know i like factory 25 i like some of the indie labels they got now oh, those factory 25 discs are murderously expensive they are. Though. they're all murderously expensive this, all of them when did this start because i feel like i wasn't saying this like three months or even a year ago 
I mean, our pricing didn't really change. It's mm. just now we just get because we get them direct from them, we mm. get the slip covers. But it's yeah. pretty much the same price we got them for they, before. Like that Saturn's core release, I'm like thirty seven ninety five. Yeah, that's hey, what we were getting guys, them before. Just without. The I'm stuff. gonna say this every episode. We would not talk about how expensive they were if we were getting them for free. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't mention price at all. If we no, we'll be like, oh, price? what a steal. You need to buy this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they can't see I'm pointing. I know. <laughs> at, 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 at the nothing, thing you need to buy. Nothing in particular. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> no, Mark Anson, okay, need to I, buy it. Sorry. Speaking of price, this one's cheap. 20 it's bucks. Like, yeah, well, because we get Severin stuff for pretty reasonable rates. And Intervision is, I mean, Intervision was always a Severin subsidiary, but they seem to be a little more separate before. Mm-hmm. And now they're like just fully together yeah um, so you look at it and you're like so oh, you don't it, get many intervision releases anymore which is a bummer i like those dvd bummer. only ones i like one. those early the white cases yeah sledgehammer things. things like th- i was collecting like how you were collecting. i think i have almost DVD. all the intervision yeah, titles I yeah all those early ones i look so at like fun. dark heart whatever the Three, scarecrow um, one is yeah uh dark harvest or something yeah, yeah something yeah, like yeah. that and it's like oh, it's so bad i know but they just it's like the SRS stuff now, too. I just love that our... You are not buying all the I'm SRS buying, releases. No, I, I didn't. Those SRS releases, like, it is like a weird fungus where every time I look at the shelf, I'm like, oh, my God, there's, there's 10 so more many. of them. They release, like, three or four a month now. And I'm like, I cannot keep track. Yeah, where are they getting all these and SRS no movies from? And no one kind of advertises them either. No. Well, Only SRS on their site. <laughs> SRS, I almost feel like they have like an open door policy. Like, you got a movie? Come on hey. in. It was made in the 90s. It's an SOV film. What do you know? We sure. Sh- we should make a movie, make it seem like it's from the 90s, and then just give it to SRS. I mean, you could also release it through Gold Ninja Video, Mark. Okay. You know. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, my, my favorite label. Yeah. Oh, how yes, dare you? Let me see that tattoo you got you on Gold Ninja I Video. <laughs> well, what about when you turned my film down? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, we didn't even say the title of this yeah, what is film. This? It's, Hey, Stop Stabbing Me. Or, Hey, Stop Stabbing Me. Because that's the mission point at the end. Yeah. This is a film directed. Now wait, is it this week's? Blind Mind. Intervision so much, we just blind bought it. Yeah, well, I well, did. You did. <laughs> so, this is directed by Josh Miller, a guy that's a screenwriter of Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> 1 and 2. Also, Pat Casey is his writing partner, I believe. Yeah. So, he also wrote the Sonic movie and he stars in this film. Yes. Does a podcast called Best Movie Never Made, one of my favorite podcasts of them all. Okay. And to start on a positive note, <laughs> oh, that's never a good sign when yeah, you say no, that. It's like Wednesday, it's going to drop. Real here. Moturn vibes to this. Real Moturn vibes. Now, this is so this is like made in the early 2000s and it's very much a bunch of college kids making yep. a movie says on the back we spent five hundred dollars uh, over a summer i feel like they all lived in the same yep. house when we they shot made it. it on mini dv and it looks every bit in a, a mini dv movie that you would expect and yeah like you said real moturn vibes mm-hmm. uh, i really at first especially got that sense of just like this kind of community filmmaking this like it does have like a kind of sly sense of humor that comes out. The violence is all really tongue in cheek. It it's not bad, but it's also not great. No, it's not <laughs> long. Feels Way long. Too long. I mean, an hour and a half you wouldn't think is long, but for an SOV movie from the early 2000s. And uh, it's very oddly structured. And what's yeah. weird is that, like, every criticism that I may say about this film, I could throw at, like, early Motown films Motown, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that the difference is that there's less of a earnestness to it that you get in the Moturn films in this. Yeah. This feels like the films we'd make in college and right. we're like smug and we think we're very I funny. Th- that's the thing. It's like, I don't know these guys at no. all, but I feel like there's more of a jerky vibe to it. Not, mm-hmm. not in a bad way. Like the jerky like, boys? We like love the jerky those guys. Boys. Yeah. There's just a smugness that I don't find at all in Moturn mm-hmm. stuff. And 
you know, there's some gags work, but then there's a lot that don't work. Mm. And why isn't it structured like a slasher? Isn't that I don't weird? Know. I was like, expecting more of a slasher. That's how yeah, it's I sold mean, on the other poster. I think they very particularly picked art that doesn't look like a slasher film yeah. that much, because the other art is like a guy like just chopping someone else in half. And yeah. Every place I've read about this, because it's been on my radar for a little while, I'll be like, I gotta watch this. I gotta watch yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. I've heard about it. Before. I thought it was just like a really goofy slasher film, and it's it's not. I mean, I like the plot setup too. Mm-hmm. It's basically just about a college kid coming home from school. He has to like, and he has to move in with to a house where the previous guy who had his roommates just disappeared and left all his stuff there. And like, clearly something nefarious is going on, but it's all played really tongue in cheek. Not a bad setup. Doesn't really go anywhere. It's got it, though. a I mean, lot it, it of weird Motown vibes, though. Like he has a job where he just digs ditches, yeah, and they're like, uh, "You better wear a tie." Last guy who didn't wear a tie got fired. Yeah, right. Uh, and there's a he monster starts a relationship in it? with a girl who's got like a weird younger brother, and then there's like a twist later, and you find out something. That's some real. Her, we're making films in like, college yeah, in 2003. Know, right? twist. It was a very a joke that I was like, I would have found this hilarious in college. Mm-hmm. I mean. It, it, you know, I guess when you get, ri- I mean, it must be nice to like, you make a big movie like Sonic the Hedgehog, you're like a Hollywood name. And then you get these companies wanting to put out this like, like dumb little movie you made in college with your friends. It kind of reminded me of like when M. Night Shyamalan was getting big and the DVDs of his stuff would have stuff he made, like short films he made when mm. he was like 15 years old. Like it, it was that kind of vibe. Well, thing, I would which say I don't, which I, I can get behind. There's more of a control that. of style to this. Is, like yeah. they have a general idea of directing. It doesn't have that much sloppiness to it. Yeah. Like it just, Again, weirdly structured. If you're not on its vibe, then you're not going to really enjoy it that much. And I, I thought it was fine. I chuckled a few times. Mm-hmm. I chuckled definitely a handful of times. And it even ends in like a big fight like Druid Gladiator clone yeah. does. Yeah, so. like shades of that. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like these guys had been seeing Motern, early Motern stuff no, or something. I, I, there but is I absolutely no way, no way that happened. Yeah. But, like, but it just comes from the same it's place. It's like something in the air, you know, that like all these like <laughs> low-budged SOV filmmakers were coming. While I was watching it, I kept thinking, Thinking of like, why didn't Severin just contact the Motown guys yeah. to release their movies? Well, because then you wouldn't be able to put it out. I know, but like, <laughs> I held out on Freaky Farley forever because I'm like, Somebody's a company like Severin's right? gonna do this. Like, it's weird. Like, I feel like we've talked about this several times on this podcast, yeah. but like, I'm shocked they haven't been approached by a label so far. Like, mm-hmm. at this point, they seem to be getting bigger and bigger. I mean, there was an article in Paste about. Yeah, was there? Was I mean, there's always articles in yeah, Paste. That, like, that was a yeah, way back. But I yeah. mean, I don't know. I feel like it. The time i mean unless they just see that you're putting them out and yeah. think like don't bother but but like i don't know i mean yeah i just yeah i don't know i it, guess it, the thing about early intervision stuff that i loved is it's all like early 80s 90s mm-hmm. sob that's not ironic or anything but and i don't mind very... them doing two sounds and stuff like no, that's no, fine I don't either but there's like a it's like a very self-aware kind of like ironic sort of even, SOB thing. even though this is the gold ninja video bread and butter the 2000 but i i feel like the stuff you put out it, it like you say is more earnest mm-hmm. i guess like even like dinosaurs in a mining facility has a, like an earnestness to it that this was missing a bit yeah i understand it what just you felt mean. like the whole thing was like a dumb lark and it's like yeah that's cool. you show it to your friends and then... yeah you show it to your friends but like i don't know what the appeal is beyond that. i mean that's an argument that people have made against teddy bomb where it's like oh, it looks like a bunch of friends that are making a movie and i'm like yeah but there's fight scenes and yeah there's crazy so much heart there, stuff there there's so much yeah. heart maybe i was maybe i wasn't feeling the heart in this one as much mm-hmm. but uh, i am interested though there's two audio commentaries there's a whole other feature they made in 2013 oh, called sledgehammers really? at dawn that has two commentaries on okay. it as 
as well. Right. So there's a bunch of short films they made. So I like that. I like the idea of like their community yeah. of filmmakers, and it's all pretty much on this disc because they went Hollywood. I know. Well, the thing is, it's like the fact that they made the Sonic the Hedgehog movies does not sell me on this. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's why I had actually kind of avoided this at first. Like you suggested this. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can give it a go. But when I first read about this, I'm like, ah, the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. Like, <laughs> does I it say it on the back? Movie. Yeah, I think so. Uh, they've written other stuff, haven't they? Dorm Days. Oh, National oh Lampoon's God, Dorm, Dorm Days. days. Yeah. That was a video store staple in the 2000s. Oh, they did a TV show, Golan. I didn't never watch it. The Insatiable as well, which was, I believe, okay. a Cartoon Network show that lasted that one title? or two seasons. Okay. And that was pretty popular. So that's nice. I don't know. Oh. Like, while I was a little bit uh, tepid on this, I, you know, I'm going to do rare, probably a blind by recommendation, if wow, you know what you're getting into. A, okay. Yeah. I'd probably do a pass on this mm. one, but I appreciate that. St- I re- like I say all the time, I appreciate that stuff like this is getting put out in nice mm. sort of collector's editions because I think it is important to film history in a weird way, you know? And just go in knowing it's not a slasher film. Maybe that hurt the most when I'm, yeah, I'm like, it's very there's no kills, see, there's nothing, see, what are we doing here? Nah, no, no. Although, there, you know what? One moment I really liked was the lawnmower. That was uh, funny, yeah. That's because, a death scene. It's funny because I actually made a short film when I was a kid where I did the same thing. I, my friend killed me with a lawnmower. I put it over my face and I was like, ah. Like, so really I a reaction have, to this, it wasn't all bloody. jealousy. It's all jealousy. Yeah, we're I like, could have made this movie. These guys, but you yeah. didn't, so you couldn't. I know. I know. I could sell you some stuff, Intervision. <laughs> Justin's Justin's already turned me down at Golden Ninja, so, you know, I got some you, stuff. You were lying. People are going to think you made a feature I, film that I, I turned know. down. I did not. You did not. not. Justin would be the first person I did. Still waiting uh, for you to finish that short, Mark. I know. I know. <laughs> what was that? We started talking, and you're like, I yeah. shot a short. It's coming out. You know, then my hard drive died. Oh, okay. Just, that was a problem. <laughs> Let's keep moving. Um, let's, let's keep moving. Well, they can save it, though. Like, Intervision can come in, do yeah, a whole Blu-ray release. Hey, Intervision, if you want to put out a set. I got lots of shorts. I could. You put a whole collection out of my stuff. Hey, weren't online. you supposed to release that short that you made? That I did. I, did yeah. you put it out? Uh, Not yet. Okay. So, <laughs> But I'm looking at it. Because hey, I ripped it if, for you and I sent it to you. If you're interested, Golden Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> what? That short's like 20 minutes long. <laughs> I'll make more. I Am I going to start doing that? I'll like an more. SRS thing where you're like, wait, this is 30 minutes long. And it's, it's fine. They don't care. Nobody knows. It's packaging. It's all packaging. So the next film is The Rare Earths, director Scott. Now, this was fascinating because there is no, <laughs> no information info. on this. Not one review on IMDb. No. It's like, and it's funny, it's got like two different entries on IMDb because it, it came out in 2015 initially, but then they have a separate entry for the director's cut, mm. which is coming out now. Neither entry have like any info on it. So you know what? When stuff like this comes through, I'm like, I always am interested because like, like it looks cool. It's like a post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie show shot in Australia. Okay, it's got a lot of like big concepts they're talking about on the back. Urban Cinephile calls it a thought-provoking experience. Well, I never uh, disagree and with and Urban Cinephile. The score, like the cinematography, are both exceptional. Uh, so I, I threw this on. There, yeah, there's a reason that nobody's <laughs> talking about this. I really appreciate the ambition, but this is the kind of movie made by a guy who seems very smart about science and history and colonialism in Australia and lots of different things. And there's definitely a vision there. A little hard to invest in, though. It it definitely has a bit of a cheapness, and it's not much of a narrative, even though it says it's a narrative. It's kind of a mix of these scenes of people walking through, like, the desert to make it seem like it's post-apocalyptic mixed in with like youtube videos of like professors talking oh, about no. it's like that kind yeah. of thing 
So I confess I only watched about 20 minutes of this and I was like, okay, I get it. I mean, it's cool it's been put out, I guess, by Bayview, who does like really obscure independent stuff. I think we did a blind buy of one of their titles here, that Canadian film Nobody. You remember that? Oh, yeah. That was was Bayview. So they they put out a lot of Canadian stuff, actually, oddly. Huh. They are an American label, though. I don't know. I don't think there's any extras on this, though, nope, right? So there that's are the thing. not. It's like I wanted to kind of see like a feature about some the director talking about it. Like, what is this even about? But there's nothing, and there's nothing on IMDb. There's like no letterboxed reviews or anything. I don't think. Like, I mean, we're introducing people listening to this to this movie. You could be the discoverer. You of could it. be the discoverer because I don't. I, I really, <laughs> Mark's like, I'm not watching it. No, the thing is, I really don't want to shit all over something like this because I think it is fascinating, and I also am not from Australia and don't have any context. I so am. I, Good day, mate. There you go. Dingo yeah. ate my yeah, baby. Like, yeah, maybe Paul Hogan fan. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a knife. Again, I appreciate that it's being put out. <laughs> that, that's my stock line. <laughs> Next up, we have Casualties of War Extended Edition. Yeah. Wait, what's going on? Isn't the Extended Edition was it actually it's a director's like, cut or the just deleted scenes were added in? Say, it's, it's a couple minutes longer. So the Extended Edition was put out on DVD. Yep. And then this was put out on Blu-ray by Sony four or five years ago, but it was just the theatrical cut. It was an MOD. There's nothing on it. Now, this edition is from Umbrella in Australia, and it's the extended edition again, which I believe, that's the only version I've seen, and I think it's only two or three minutes longer. So that's probably a director's cut, because remember there was a wave of extended editions that were like against the director's will, where it'd be like, Tears of the Sun, extended edition, and they only put like deleted scenes into that. Who needs an extended edition (laughs) of Tears of the Sun? You a Casualties of War fan? Yeah. Michael J. Fox? I mean, yeah, it's obviously... Mark's favorite actor, Sean Penn? (laughs) Yeah. Bit of an outlier and Brian, for some reason, I always outlier, 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 outlier. I was outlier. No, it's outlier. Okay. Mark, you having a stroke? I'm correcting you on words yeah, I'm today. I'm saying outlier. Yeah. Stick in, with it. Stick with it. Language evolves. Yeah. In Brian De Palma's uh, <laughs> filmography. For some reason, it's like I always look at this and my first thought is like, Oliver Stone directed this, right? Nope. But no, it's Brian De Palma. It's um, even got like a yeah. murder set piece where like someone's wearing black I gloves know, yeah. and going in. Yeah. I think it's got all of his signature style. I, I've always dug this movie. It's been a while since I watched it, though. But it's got some features on this and stuff. It's got a conversation with Michael J. Fox. Listen, there's know. Brian De Palma completed. Yeah. Uh, out there, so you'll be buying this. That's the thing. It's one for the De Palma completists. I feel like nobody ever talks about it when they talk about De Palma in general. Yeah, they're like, Snake Eyes, underrated. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Casualties of War? It's like redacted, you know? He has his, like, war films that nobody ever talks about. I mean, I think people probably enjoy Casualties of War a little bit more than redacted. I, I like redacted. <laughs> of course you do. You found footage. Where's the, where's the, hey, man. He was, he was, you know, reinventing the wheel at whatever age he was. You didn't think he was reinventing the wheel when he made Passion? <laughs> you know, Passion's just a flimsy remake of a much better French film, mm-hmm. I will say. So, next up, we have, for all you Martin Short fans in the I put this We've on the list. We've been talking a lot about Martin Short lately, right? I've never seen these movies, but I just love that they're both together on one Blu-ray set. Yes, that's right. It's Cross My Heart and Pure Luck. Movies that... Nobody liked? Yeah, I was going to ask you if you knew these because Mm-mm. I was going to say I had no idea what these movies were. Oh, you'd uh, never heard of them before. You know what? Martin Short was just never a big deal for me. I don't know. Is that weird to say? Like, Canadian icon I know, Martin Short? I Canadian. I missed the whole Jiminy Glick. <laughs> I mean, nobody liked Jiminy Glick. Even though if I had said anybody likes it, it would have been you. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, oh, I love that Jiminy Glick's um, fat Martin- suit shenanigans. <laughs> I feel Martin Short kind of annoying maybe wow really i don't know i mean there's certain like i like him in inner space Mm -hmm. great movie and i really i mean i know him a lot from his couple scenes in mars attacks he's got that great scene in mars attacks Mm -hmm. 
that's about it. Uh, I mean, we wa- I watched Clifford the other week, and I was like, yeah, it's it's fun. Even Three Amigos. Yes, I, I do like Three Amigos. I haven't seen it since I was very young, though. I'm trying to think of the other Martin Short roles. He's very else? good on that new TV show, which is probably why this is coming uh, out. Yeah, Murders only. in the Building. I do not. I can't stop getting ads for that everywhere. If you computer. watch it, you'll stop getting ads. That's how it works, right? I'm not watching the only Murders <laughs> in the Building. Never. Why not? I don't know. It just seems like annoying, like premium TV. <laughs> you don't like shows. Steve Martin, Martin Short? Not really. Hanging out with Selena Gomez? <laughs> not really. Yeah, I don't really like either of those guys. You frankly. don't like Steve Martin? It's Everybody fine. likes Steve Martin. He's okay. Wow. What's I mean, that, your comedy heroes are Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. I do like Bill Murray. Ooh, Even though, I mean, still, <laughs> yeah, he's an asshole. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's not going to affect how much his movies made meant to me. Yeah, the man who knew up, too little. Like... There's no funnier film. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember watching that when it came out. Yeah. I watched it recently. There's some funny scenes. Yeah. <laughs> See, that since I was like fit. ten was years like... old. Yeah, he was like. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, it was the funniest movie ever. Now, I don't remember it's much all right. about it, honestly. It's... Well, it's a really fun premise, which is like, it's basically the game, the right, uh, yeah. Michael Douglas, Michael Douglas film. Movie. I is remember that, the concept. Yeah, he thinks he's in a game. Right. But he's not. It's a real plot. And everybody thinks he's the coolest guy ever for playing it the way that he does. And he, he never learns he's not in the game. Right. The should, whole movie. That's funny. I should give it another go. I, look, I, I do really love Bill Murray. I know he's a jerk. I mean, we've kind of all known he's been a jerk for... Yeah, but he got to the point of a production shutdown. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say I'm not really interested in what Bill Murray does nowadays. I basically, up until maybe the early 2000s, Mm. I I don't really care after that. But yeah, like stuff like Meatballs, even Ghostbusters, which I'm not crazy about. I just like him in it. I just like his vibe, you know? I don't know. I mean, everybody likes Bill Murray's vibe. And Groundhog Day is legit one one of my favorite comedies ever, so... And you're a big Razor's Edge guy, right? I've <laughs> never seen that one. I can't say I've <laughs> seen a Bill's ton of passion his dramatic, project. Yeah. How dare you? Bill and dramatic stuff. I mean, unless it's like Jim Jarmusch or... Wes Anderson? Coppola. Yeah, he's fun in Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. I like The Life Aquatic a lot. I know yeah, people that's... don't like that movie. But... Really? Everybody loves The Life Aquatic. Well, people kind of didn't like it as much as other Wes Anderson Well, stuff. now they all do. Just all those yeah. red hats. Remember, we could never get enough of that 10 years ago all over right. the internet. Yeah. <laughs> So, finally, we're going to end on a movie that I have not seen. <laughs> and neither have I. <laughs> I don't think I put this one on the list. I thought I had put, uh, put it on the list. Harlem Nights, because that was the Eddie Murphy directorial debut actually, and last film. I actually film. didn't put anything on the list this week. You oh, could, wow. You put everything on here, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll talk about all that. I thought you would have seen the uh, Boomerang. Reginald Hudlin directed it. <laughs> okay. Uh, or uh, the other There's one, a... Harlem Nights, which he directed. Yeah. Yeah. See, I know you were talking about Harlem Nights, which is why I'm su- surprised you put this one on and not mm-hmm. Harlem Nights. I haven't. There's a period. <laughs> There's of... a ghost in I the know. Google Doc. Somebody's uh, messing with us. There's a period of Eddie Murphy movies, I would say, in like the late 80s, early 90s that I haven't seen. Like I've seen a lot of his like. Yeah, because nobody really likes stuff. him. That's why. Yeah. And I've seen his like not later 90s family stuff because we were kids. Well, I mean, you've seen Vampire in Brooklyn, of course, right? No, never seen it. Wow. Actually. Yeah. I, and I love Wes Craven, too. But, but that's just... your 90s sweet spot. I thought you would have seen all these movies. I was, I think it was just a, I was a mm, little 1992, too... a little young. Yeah. And even Vampire in Brooklyn, I think was 95. So I was a little young. You were scared the by the trailer, too. You're like, oh, yeah, no. I just never, never caught up with that one. Mm-hmm. I want to, though. That's the one I, I want to miss. Or I want to check out but uh, um, yeah i don't know like boomerang harlem, harlem nights. nights i just 
Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to watching them. Movies that no one ever recommends. That's the thing. Does anybody talk about Boomerang? No, never. It's got what? Young Halle Berry. That's like the only other reason Mm -hmm. people maybe talk about it. What's it even about? I honestly don't even know what it's about. Eddie Murphy's iconic hotshot advertising executive, Marcus Graham, made Boomerang a sexy comedy hit, still beloved today. Whoa, who wrote the (laughs) exact copy of this? Well, we haven't sold a single copy, (laughs) so I beg to differ on the still beloved today part. Graham may be a success in his industry, but he's also an insatiable womanizer. He's also impossibly prepared for his new boss, uh, Robin Givens. Nothing more or less than a female version of Marcus in all things romantic. Ooh, I'm sure this is unproblematic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this just kind of reminds me of like a, a liar liar type movie where it's I mean, like, the cover looks like liar liar. Like, That's hey, why, yeah. yeah, it's like, hey, Jim Carrey's in this, but it's like not one of his good movies mm-hmm. or something. You know, I, I just, I mean, I always remember seeing this at the video store, seeing the poster up. I just never it's never not the it. iconic poster the image is on the no. back though which is eddie murphy kind of with his head to the side yeah, it's different poster different art than pro- that they changed they're trying to make it seem like a new movie mm-hmm. but yeah shockingly enough like i'm not surprised by this one but i thought harlem knights would sell better mm. nobody's nobody touched, likes harlem nobody's knights though either of these movies huh i wonder um, why has eddie murphy's star faded yeah, he just had dolomite everybody loved eddie right? murphy again you know? but then he had coming to america which everyone was like hey yeah that's, yeah, a, that's I all right saw the new one uh, I, mean, I like the original with coming to america yeah. I mean, you are a big John Landis fan. You can't help yourself. <laughs> yeah, Three amigos. My, my best friend. My best friend, John Landis. <laughs> so, until next week, my name's Justin the Clue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on watching. Keep on renting. Oh, what did I say? These movies and many more are available at your local video store. I said keep on buying. watching? Yeah. Oh. That's fine. That's fine. fine.